It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Welcome back to the Big Time Baseball Podcast, a Radio.com Sports original. I'm former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Alongside MLB insider John Heyman, one of the best in the biz. Uh, you can follow me at Tony Gwynn Jr. on Twitter. John is at John Heyman. And you can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Uh, you can find and subscribe to this show each week on Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, on today's show, we're going to dive right into our off-season and spring training conversations as opening day is looming and around the corner. Uh, we'll go over the biggest free agent signings, storylines, heading into the regular season, uh, and get some exclusive insider notes. As we said, we got John Heyman here, so uh, this man is on top of everything. Uh, we'll also talk to manager uh, Astros manager Dusty Baker on the latest, what's going on with the Astros. Uh, it's been an eventful offseason, to say the least. Uh, John, let's dive right into it. First of all, how are you doing today, man? I'm great. This is a real pleasure, Tony. Uh, you are. It's great to be on with you. you have, your reputation is fantastic. It precedes you. So I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm certainly looking forward to talking to Dusty Baker, who is a beloved figure in baseball and in the eye of the storm right now. Yeah, and speaking of Dusty, I mean, listen, life and MLB before Astros, after Astros scandal, I mean, this has just been a crazy offseason, and it's been a crazy start to spring training. Yeah, what I've never seen before is the reaction of the opposing players, uh, Aaron Judge and uh, Cody Bellinger and all yeah. sorts of players, star players on other teams who are appalled, not just coming out and saying I'm against what the Astros did, but actually seem appalled by it. And uh, it, it's been a rough start to spring training, uh, not only for the Astros, but for baseball. It's died down a little bit, but we'll see if it picks up big time what, not, no pun intended with our show, Big Time Baseball. We'll see if it picks <laughs> right. up big time. I did that by accident. Uh, once the season begins and they have to go to the venues where they're playing real games. Yeah, John, I got to tell you, man, what, it, it's, it started to die down now, but as soon as opening day kicks off, it'll be kicking back up again. They'll have to go into some of these new stadiums for the first time, and they'll have to relive this. And I, I, I kind of wonder, like, as talented as this team is, are they going to be able to deal with the mental grind of having to deal with this throughout the season, at least through the first half? Maybe in the second half, things die down as you start going to places for a second, third time within the division. Uh, maybe they start to die down, but I can't imagine having to answer these questions pretty much every day, knowing uh, every place you go, even though you were booed probably as a visitor in most uh, opposing stadiums, it's going to be on a whole different level this year. Absolutely, Tony. I've been there a lot. I've spent about eight or nine days uh, in the Astros camp, not because I'm stalking them or anything, although they may think that, but I just want to see what's going on. It's been very rough out there. The fans, you think of them in Florida being, most of them being over 70 years old that are here, or many of them, uh, it's, they've been very tough. And uh, yesterday's game uh, that I went to, uh, Jose Altuve got big cheers at an Astros home game, but they were seemed like they were just trying to drown out all the people yelling cheaters cheaters and uh they're hearing a lot of trash can banging and uh there was a game i was at recently where uh bregman uh had kind of his fastball swing and was way ahead of a slider uh, looked very bad on it and 
lo and behold, there's a guy down in the corner yeah, in the I outfield. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. A guy who had perfect comedic timing banged the trash can three times as uh, for everybody to hear after the strikeout of Bregman on that slider and screams out, my bad, as if to say, I was supposed to bang, bang the trash cans for you, then you might have known it was a slider. So <laughs> and this kind of thing has been going on all spring, and it's, it's going to be right. It's not a it's beyond a distraction. It's a pall that's been cast uh, upon them. Now uh, I'm with you. It's going to take several weeks into the season. No, no doubt about it. And I, I I think back. It reminds me a lot of the steroid uh, era because I came up right around that time where things were kind of getting flushed out into the open. And it, it, there was a lot of vitriol in terms of the players behind the scenes. A lot of guys talking. The difference now compared to then is. Now they have all these platforms to let you know how they feel. Um, I think a lot of people kind of are caught off guard by the player sentiment that they are all pissed off and upset. But this was the same thing in the story. The only difference now is they have uh, many different avenues to voice their displeasure. It's kind of shocking a little bit. Yeah, that is a big difference. Another difference is, is it's all one team. It's all being yeah, equal yeah. on one team. They're all in it together. Now, there are guys on there who weren't there, like Joe Smith and many others who weren't there. There were guys who got there late in the season, September 1st, in the case of uh, Justin Verlander. And, of course, the pitchers really didn't benefit other than by wins. Uh, and there was an impact. I want to make that clear. I, I'm like uh, – uh, Jim Crane, who says there was no impact on the games. I, I will make that clear. There was an impact on the game, but the pitchers were benefited by wins, not by any of their individual stats. So uh, as we don't care about pitcher wins anymore, but uh, it's a whole team and it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. The, the other storyline that we kind of got late into right before spring training really was the trade that brought Mookie Betts, uh, and David Price to Los Angeles. I, I, listen, I, I cover the Padres. I'm in this division often. This Dodger team was already a, a, a step and a half ahead of everybody, maybe two steps. They've widened that gap with this trade to bring Mookie Betts. And and they're primed to try to re-sign him when this is all said and done. they got a year to kind of woo him, uh, and, and then hopefully they can seal the deal with uh, him signing the dotted line and staying for a long t- extended time. No question they're going to try to sign him, and you're absolutely right about uh, them having the best team and making it better. And I, there are some projections that say they're 15 teams better than anybody else in the National League. Uh, it, it's happened before. It's possible. So uh, I'm not going to argue against it. Uh, they have an incredible, incredible team, uh, uh, top to bottom, great depth, and it seems like everybody they call up stars. But Mookie Betts, one of the top five players in the game, uh, and they've added that to Bellinger, who's an MVP last year. Uh, you know, they have uh, one of the best lineups in baseball. I was going to say the best three, four, but the Angels have a pretty good good one, too, with Rendon and Trout. But uh, a fantastic team. It's going to be difficult to compete with them, I think, in the West. Yeah, that, that team is, I mean, to have, even bringing a guy like David Price, I know everybody's down on him, but... A change of venue, I think, yeah. is going to be beneficial for him. He's not going to have to slide at the very tip of the front uh, front half of the rotation. He can slide somewhere in that three four spot, and it's a different it's a different monster at that case. He's not having to go up against the other number twos or other number ones. He's able to kind of slide down. I think that gives the Dodgers, and they're known for having depth. They just got more of it. Uh, John, I got to ask you a little bit about the off season. Uh, in, in your opinion, what do you think was the most surprising or the biggest offseason deal that happened this one? Uh, you know, I'm going to say uh, the three of the best deals from the player perspective. I thought uh, this is a smaller deal with Pomerantz with, with San Diego. And I know why they did yeah. it. They like him. Uh, he had a fantastic finish, but uh, for two great months, he got $34 million for a reliever. That one was a little shocking to me. Uh, you know, I'd, the two best deals are probably. Uh, Wheeler, 118 million. I, I watched him in New York. I won't go quite as far as what Brody Wagon and said that he got 118 million for two good halves. Uh, that's a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but a little, strong, a, little strong. a little strong. But oh, he's got a 100 ERA plus. Nobody yeah. envisions 118 million uh, for a guy who's been an average starter uh, through the first half of his career. Uh, so that was a big deal, I would say. And the other one that shocked me. Uh, with Steven Strasburg uh, getting the 200, was it 245 million, I believe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a seven year deal, a guy who's 30 year over 30 and had Tommy John. I mean, I know 
The timing was great. He's the World Series MVP. He's fantastic. Mike Rizzo, who's a pitching savant, loves him. Uh, but that was quite a deal, and that led to the Cole deal, which yes, uh, enabled exactly. them to get nine years for three twenty-four. I mean, I can't leave that out. It was fantastic. So uh, there were some great player deals. Uh, yeah. You know, of course, that doesn't mean all's well in baseball. We'll be hearing from the union at some point. Oh, uh, some of the little guys have gotten squeezed, and I, I understand uh, what they're saying. But uh, at the top of the market, uh, things worked out fantastically for the players, particularly in those few instances I just mentioned. As 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 an Aztec alum, uh, I'm happy for my man Steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. But there is no doubt that that deal changed the entire market, uh, at least on the pitching side, because I think the top right. going in was that he would get a little bit over what his extension would have already gave, or what his the remaining time he had, or main money he had on that right. deal was there. Uh, but they far exceeded that, and nobody benefited more than, as you said, uh, Cole, because he was able to cash in big time, play for a team that apparently he's always wanted to play to, going back to when he was a young young kid. Uh, that was a, a, a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah, you know, Strasburg had $100 million to go, and there were some people who were thinking he's making a mistake by giving that up and becoming yeah. a free agent. I, I thought he could repeat his whole deal before 175 and that would be fantastic. But then to get to 245 with a full seven years, uh, amazing. That was one of the great deals of all time and absolutely led to the Cole deal. I, I can tell you out here in San Diego, that changed the course because the Padres were interested in a guy like Strasburg. Uh, but – once his deal exceeded what it did, it changed the course of their offseason, and, and it might have been for the better, to be honest, because they were able to sign some pretty good players. Uh, new some new rules coming into to, to, to this year's uh, game. The batter, the three minimum batter, uh, or three batter minimum rule is the one that everybody's talking about. How big of an impact do you think this will? I think it's going to change some strategy in how we're used to seeing it. Yeah, it'll change some strategies. It might confuse some managers, at least initially. Uh, I, I was against it. Uh, I, I'm not hearing of a lot of complaints right now. Maybe they're focused on other things. I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal as I thought it would be. Uh, I'm old school, so I, I don't mind the rules staying the same. Uh, you know, they want to speed up the game. So I, I get them doing things. To me, I, I, I would have left this alone. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to – uh, deter things too much. I think it'll be okay. I, I'm, I, I'm going to live with it. I'm not going to. I'm done complaining, and that's it for me. <laughs> you know it. what? I think we will see as a result of this is we'll, we'll, the intentional walk will be back in play uh, because you're not going to be able to, to bring a lefty or a righty in depending on the situation. You're going to see probably more guys get uh, the free pass, the first base, which. We haven't seen in a little bit. John, one of the subjects that comes up all the time uh, during this time of year is is how much stock to put in into spring training breakout performances because we see it every year, right? Guys have bad springs, have great seasons, have great springs, have bad uh, seasons. Uh, How how much stock do you or do you feel like people put in, in in spring training performances? Yeah, it's taken me more than 30 years, but I finally learned it, it puts zero stock in these. Uh, it's not worth anything. I mean, uh, you know, I could I remember Mike Humphrey sitting 600 in spring training when I was a new beat writer in New York and saying, oh, we have a new star in New York. And thankfully, nobody has saved that clipping uh, because it didn't come to fruition. Uh, it, it means nothing. I mean, uh, you know, there have been times where a guy had a great spring like uh, Pete Alonso last year and ended up having a great season, but I'm drawing zero zero uh, calculation from a guy's batting average or anything else in spring training. So uh, don't get too high. Don't get too low. I hear that a lot. And and when it comes to spring training, uh, take that to heart. Yeah. In terms of numbers, you can't put any stock into numbers. Uh, in terms of performances, you can't take some things. You, you want to see how guys, especially guy, a, a young guy who's coming, having his first taste of a big league, uh, of the big league experience. Uh, you want guys do you want to see guys progressing in terms of at-bats, how they're conducting at-bats, the little things uh, that you're seeing? Of course, you want to see them go out and put up good numbers, but uh, you just can't translate it. From, from, from spring training to the to the start of the, the regular season, you just don't know who's who. There's a lot of times where got double-A guys are facing are in there, and it's just a different monster, and uh, it certainly uh, makes for a good conversation, though, a lot of times. 
Yeah, I mean, the effort is the effort's different for different players. Uh, you, right. the, the early Marlins games, uh, you know, they would start with their regulars and, uh, you know, they were just trying to get ready for the season and working on things and they weren't doing that great. And as soon as they brought in Jazz Chisholm and J.J. Uh, Bleday or whomever, six or seven uh, young guys who are great prospects, they would just take off. And uh, they were undefeated for a week in spring training. Yeah. So uh, the record means nothing. The stats mean nothing. Uh, you're absolutely right. If you're there for the entire spring training and you can see how a guy is uh, performing on the field and you can gauge that, uh, more power to you. But uh, I, other than the Astros, I've been bouncing around. I can tell you how the Astros are doing. But uh, it's difficult when you're bouncing around and seeing every team. John, what are, what are, what are the most interesting storylines that uh, we're watching for as we exit spring training and head into the regular season? Well, you know, I'm glad we're talking to Dusty Baker, but to me the most interesting one is to see how the uh, the Astros uh, respond to all the negativity that's coming their way, and I don't think they've seen the half of it. It's going to get worse, and uh, people say L.A. is a mild town or Anaheim where they're going to be, uh, Orange County, but uh, they're going to be they're going to get a very, very cold reception to begin, and I'm not sure it's going to get much better. Um, you know, we saw some significant injuries in spring training, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Yankees do. Uh, last year, they were hit by a ton of injuries, still won 100-plus games. Uh, this year, they're starting out again with a ton of injuries. They've had a disastrous spring. They may not put it that way, but I will. It's been a disaster. Uh, many of the injuries occurred last year, and they still were unresolved, but uh, they're now going into this season. Uh, people will look at them as a prohibitive favorite, but you know what? I've seen the Twins. Uh, they look pretty darn good. I'm going to go yeah. out to Arizona, and I'm going to see uh, the A's, and I expect they're going to look pretty darn good as well. And I wouldn't count on the Yankees being a prohibitive favorite in the American League. I do think the Dodgers, uh, as you referenced earlier, might be a prohibitive favorite in the National League. But uh, as you know, anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's anyone's ball game, as they say. Yeah, the, the Yankees pulled one of the best Houdini tricks ever last year with all the injuries they had and found a way to still be one of the best teams yeah. in the league. Uh, I know one of the couple of storylines I'm looking at, the Astros is an obvious one, but I'm looking out in the National League as a whole. Uh, the National League East and the National League Central are going to be very, very competitive. Some teams up and down that, uh, up and down those those divisions, uh, with the exception of, of the Pirates in the, in the Central and the Marlins in the East, uh, are going to be very competitive. And I think it's going to make for some good baseball to watch over summer, good regular season matchups uh, because there's a lot of there's now uh, other than the Dodgers, they're everybody, they're there, and then there's everybody else, I believe, and. They're all within in striking range. So I think it's going to make for some good baseball, good regular season baseball, which uh, I think we've kind of gotten away from over the last few yeah. years. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about uh, David Ross? Uh, how do you think he, he'll, he'll do as a manager? It's probably difficult to come in uh, of, uh, of following Joe Matt. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dave Ross has a terrific personality. The players all know him and uh, love him to start. I think things are going to get off great. Uh, the question, I think, with David Ross is because he's so young and was a player so yeah. recently. I mean, we all recall him mouthing to Anthony Rizzo in the dugout to breathe. Go ahead and breathe right at the end of the yeah, uh, 2016 yeah. World Series when he was a player. Um, I think the difficulty is going to be having to be their boss and how the players respond to that. So yeah. uh, I have a question about that. We will, we shall see. I'm not surprised they hired him because he's a certainly a very smart guy with a great personality, but uh, it's going to be a weird situation, I think, for some of them uh, to recognize that they're he's no longer their friend. He's now their boss. Yeah. That's not an easy transition, especially when you consider Dave – David was some of the mentors of some of these young guys. Well, they're not young anymore, but they were young <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was one of some of their mentors. So go from to go from mentor to manager and having to make those tough decisions uh, certainly won't be easy. We'll, we'll see how that kind of shakes out over the course of the season. Uh, stay tuned. John and I will have Dusty Baker next uh, to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Astros and their situation.
All right, it is our pleasure to bring in our first guest of the year, and then it's none other than Dusty Baker, who is obviously a beloved figure in baseball. I love him. Everybody loves him. That's probably part of the reason the Houston Astros hired Dusty Baker. The other part, of course, is that he has 1,863 career wins, three-time manager of the year, previously managed the Cubs, the Giants, the Reds, the Nationals. Uh, interesting stat about Dusty. 22 times he's uh, managed seasons in the big leagues, 13 times he's finished first or second. So not just a beloved guy and a renaissance man, but a fantastic, fantastic manager. So great hire by the Astros. We're all thrilled about that. And uh, let's get started right now with uh, questioning Dusty Baker, who not only is in his first year with the Astros, but clearly in the eye of a storm, not of his doing. So I wanted to ask you, Dusty, first off, as we start this here, uh, how has it been for you this spring? I've been to a lot of your games. As you know, I've been there pestering you. And uh, the crowds, <laughs> even though they're mostly over 70 uh, years old, uh, they've been tough on the Astros and a lot of screaming. And I've been in that clubhouse, and it feels like some of the players are down. Uh, you're a guy to pick them up. But uh, how is your team doing right now? Well, you know, our team's doing fine. I think uh, time, you know, heals all wounds and uh, – um, it's going to be a while. I mean, because, uh, you know, America seems to be, uh, you know, really upset by this. And, uh, you know, perhaps they should be. But at some point in time, we got to get back to baseball and you got to forget, uh, you know, forget the past because uh, you can't bring it back. The guys have said that they're uh, sorry for what happened. Uh, some of the guys, uh, you know, were probably more involved than others. But, you know, everybody's lumped into like one, one category. And uh, so I'm just hoping that, Hopefully by all-star break, you know, once you've gone through the league, uh, you know, once already that, uh, you know, we'll be in first place and, uh, and, and baseball, uh, you know, the baseball fans would have, would have, you know, forgiven us for what happened in the past because you can't bring it back. Desi, this is your fifth stop. You've had a lot of success everywhere you've gone. Um, talk a little bit about the differences in this managerial job, maybe compared to the, your previous stops. Well, you know, when I when I first entered San Francisco, I was a batting coach, so it made it a little easier. I was kind of like an uncle, and uh, mm -hmm. that turned into a father. And then, uh, you know, I went to the Cubs. You know, they were next to the bottom. Uh, then I went to Cincinnati. I think they were on the bottom or next to the bottom. And then I went to Washington. You know, you know, which I really uh, enjoyed because that was the first, you know, real good team that I inherited, and this is my second good team. But it is a little different here. Uh, you know, the people expecting us to win uh, in Houston, you know, we've had a lot of success in the last few years. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not coming here to make a whole bunch of changes, just here to, you know, uh, it, you know, improve the situation, you know, hopefully to help the players heal and just let them play. I mean, these guys can play and these guys can hit. Uh, we realize it's going to be a little different, you know, without, you know, without Cole here. And it's uh, definitely different without Verlander because we were going to ride right our number one horse here to start the season but you know we just gotta uh uh you know hold on until you know he gets back hopefully some guys uh uh you know come through that we really weren't counting on or or a couple surprises i always leave room for uh you know for some surprise kids that that all of a sudden get it together all of a sudden get a change up or learn to control their slider and next thing you know you got a big winner so uh you know we are um you know, looking for, you know, like I said, some surprises. But, you know, we have some quality arms here in this camp. And, uh, you know, these guys, nobody feels sorry, you know, uh, you know, for us. And nobody here feels sorry for themselves because, you know, they've been through a lot the last, you know, few years with the injuries. But they kept on stepping no matter who they, you know, called up. And we got to do the same thing this time. Yeah, Dusty, you obviously have a very talented team, and you touched on the mindset a little bit, and I just want to get into that uh, mm -hmm. a bit. Um, you know, the, the team was criticized, uh, the star players at least, uh, for not being remorseful enough. I, I didn't feel that when I was in the clubhouse. I, I thought right. uh, that it was genuine remorse. But th there was right. a little bit of an undercurrent of, you know, that everybody does it and that, uh, you know, uh, they were just following what a veteran player uh, told them to do a little bit of that but i felt that they were remorseful i, I want to know where where you you think their mindset is because it, there might be some truth to the fact that there were other teams doing different things as well uh, can they get that out of their mind completely or have they well you know i haven't heard them really talk about it you know and, and these guys are genuinely remorseful 
I mean, you know, nobody's, uh, you know, going to shed any tears, but I can see, I can see, uh, you know, a change in attitude, uh, you know, from the outside coming in, but some of the guys, you know, that were here before, you know, can see a little, you know, a little down, you know, the guys are a little, you know, bit down early, but, you know, as you play more, uh, you know, we haven't won the way we are, are accustomed to winning that, you know, that's going to, you know, quickly, you know, turn to, you know, success because these guys, you know, success breeds success. And these guys are used to having success. And, uh, uh, you know, but how, how many times can you say I'm sorry? I mean, you know, I, I've always been told that, you know, you say you're sorry, you show remorse, and then and then you try not to bring it back again, but everybody else is bringing it back, whether it's, uh, you know, other players or the public or media or whoever it is, but you can't do anything about you know, about those feelings or about how they feel about you. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, very important on how you feel about yourself, you know, because I think that guilt is, is probably one of the worst emotions, you know, that there is because it won't let you go, but you know, we got to get over it. We got to put our big boy pants on and, uh, <laughs> and go play baseball the way we like to play baseball. Does he, in, in that same regard, do you, do you sense any frustration from the players of having, uh, of being uh, of being able to apologize and being remorseful, mm-hmm. uh, but having a hard time moving forward because the public seems to want to keep this right in the forefront. Well, yeah, I mean that is a factor, but you know, like I said, we have to get over it, you know, because uh, baseball is hard enough, and if there's something messing with your concentration or outside forces that letting you, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, prohibit your concentration and baseball is such a such a mind you know game that you play in your mind and uh you know the difference between a pop-up a line drive and a, and a home run is, is probably one tenth of an inch and so like if that's if that's on your mind and you don't have a clear mind then you know it's definitely gonna you know it's gonna uh you know affect you but uh you know we do still have some time you know we know that we're starting off uh, you know, with a tough schedule. I mean, we got a tough schedule, uh, fan wise, team wise. You start with, uh, you know, Anaheim, you know, who's, uh, who's improved. Uh, and then we go to Oakland, come back and play, I think Anaheim. And then we go to, uh, Tampa Bay, play Texas. So that first month of the season, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough whether you have anything going on or not, but hopefully, you know, these guys can rise to the top like they're used to and just, uh, and just play the game that, you know, we've been playing since we were, you know, we're kids. And uh, uh, I, I do sense sometimes that the, a couple of guys are trying too hard. But, uh, you know, when the bell rings and, uh, and the stadium's packed, you know, I think they're going to turn that uh, emotion and channel that energy to a positive direction. Yeah, that's that's a good way to go here, because uh, I was going to leap into what you think will happen uh, this year. I think the, the, the hit-by-pitches scenario, I think you kind of said that right out front, kind of probably nipped mm-hmm. it in the bud. We'll see what happens. The reaction yeah. from the other players around the league has been tough, uh, although it's died down now. And as you said, you've got to go out to uh, California, and uh, the Dodger fans have promised to be in force there in, in Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever you want to call it yeah uh it's been a tough spring for the players so far in terms of the performance uh from some of the key players uh I, i'm wondering what you expect from the other players the the opposition and your own players you, i mean you know these guys well i mean uh, obviously you weren't managing this team until now but uh you know the talent that's there uh you know some people are calling it a distraction I, you know so far it's kind of been a pause been cast on your on your team uh are, are you confident they're going to be able to perform as they can? I know I, uh, Vegas has a 94 over under. I, I'm thinking it's going to be tough for you guys to perform like you can. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, this is a test that, uh, you know, uh, none of us has been through before. And you don't really know how you're going to come through it. And uh, it's up to me to help them, you know, you know, get through this. Uh, you know, I don't pay any attention to Vegas or the odds or you really can't do anything about what, you know, what the fans, uh, uh, say, uh, you really can't do anything about, you know, what the opposition, uh, has said, or, you know, if they're going to hit our guys or whatever, you can't worry about that. You know, you just got to concentrate and focus because, you know, if they're going to hit you, they're going to hit you. But if you're focusing proper, you know, uh, you know, in the right, uh, uh fashion, um, uh, you know, you're not just, you know, just going to sit there and get hit, but you can't worry about 
getting hit because, I mean, then you start pulling off the ball. You start missing pitches that you should hit. And, uh, you know, the game's hard enough. So, you know, like you just got to you got to be one of the bold ones and, 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 and realize that, you know, this has happened. You can't worry about if there's other teams that have done the same thing or not. You can't worry about any of those things. All you can worry about is each pitch, each game, uh, and, and, and just live your life one day at a time. You know what I mean? Because that's all, that's the only thing that you could do. You know, you can't bring back the past. You don't know about the future. And the only thing that you can control is the present. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, like I urge these guys to try to be as happy as they can, stay uh, uh, as focused, uh, you know, as they can. And like I told them, you know, the only thing that you, the only people or entities that you have to satisfy really are God, family, and yourself, because those are three entities that you can't fool. And, uh, you know, your family knows if, if, if you're having personality changes, you probably know if you're having personality changes. And, uh, uh, you know, I urge the guys, if you're a talker, uh, talk. You know, keep talking. If you're quiet, don't change your personality. You, you, you know, you remain quiet. So I'm just urging everybody just to, you know, to be themselves and uh, and be as natural as possible. Dusty Baker joins us here on Big Time Baseball Astros Manager. Dusty, let's talk a little bit about this roster. Uh, you mentioned losing Cole, Verlander's down at least to start the season. Um, mm-hmm. Who are some of the guys you're looking to fill that, that void right now? Because obviously well, uh, those are – those are two big horses going, uh, going out. Well, I mean, you know, big James has been throwing the ball. Well, you know, like, uh, you know, we hope that he, uh, you know, steps into, uh, you know, some excellence and comes to, you know, maturity to be an excellent, uh, pitcher and carry some of the load. I mean, definitely there's some guys, like I said, that, that I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, really familiar with, uh, but, you know, luckily for me, I have Brent Strom here that, you know, knows these guys, I mean, you know, now does he know him, but he knows the personality, he knows what makes him tick. Uh, you know, he's firm when his, uh, uh, he's firm, but fair, you know, when it's necessary for him to be fair, but he loves these guys, you know, he loves these guys. He loves the Astros and, uh, you know, he's been here through, you know, through thick and thin. I think he's really gonna, you know, be a, uh, uh, you know, a great asset, uh, you know, to these guys. And so, uh, you know, some of the guys that we're looking, uh, uh, towards not only uh, James, you know, we're looking for, uh, you know, some surprises, you know, for some of these guys, uh, you know, to throw strikes, some of these guys to, you know, to be themselves. And uh, above all, like Ted Williams used to always say, he says, you have to be natural. You know, we have some guys in the minor leagues that are, you know, like we sent, the, you know, uh, uh, DLAC out today. I mean, he's a guy that has, you know, great stuff. We sent Paredes out, you know, he has great stuff. You know, we have, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, let me see, what's his name? Because I'm not even really sure of all the names yet. I just know bodies, right. bodies, right. wind-ups. You know, I know wind-ups. I know, you know, what their repertoire of pitches are, you know. And uh, another big guy that we're looking forward to is McCullers. You know, I mean, we're hoping that he can, you know, return to form, you know, and, and, and stay healthy. You know, we like our bullpen. You know, we got a couple guys that are, that are a little bit behind, you know, in the bullpen. Um, and so, you know, hopefully that we'll start the season, uh, you know, healthy, you know, and, uh, you know, right now we're not. So we're just going to have to find some substitutes, stay in the race until we get it all together. And then, and then hopefully we can string a whole bunch of wins together in a short period of time. Well, Dusty, you know, we really appreciate you joining us, especially uh, on game day. Uh, you have a game coming up in, at 1 o'clock in 40 minutes. I, I did have one last question, and th- then we will let uh-huh. you go. But uh, it's really been a, a pleasure. Uh, what I want to ask you is you're, you're not that far away from 2,000 wins. I think you're about 130 to go. Uh, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, has welcomed everybody with 2,000 wins. Um, I understand uh, why you came back. You've been there a month now. So, uh, you know, are there any regrets about this? This job is a little bit tougher than they're all tough. These managing all 30 jobs are tough. This is the toughest one. I've been in your camp probably eight or nine days. It's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, do you have any yeah, regrets about it? Do you, have no. you had moments where you felt that or are you happy you're doing it? And uh What's your goal uh, for this season well, and for your career? You know, my goal is to win is to win pennant, you know, and hopefully to win two pennants and to get two thousand mm-hmm. and to and to you know not only help the city of Houston to help this organization and to help 
you know, baseball, because this is giving a bad mark on, on baseball. And, you know, uh, another name that I didn't mention was Akiti. And, you know, I liked him, uh, you know, in the World Series, you know, like we have, uh, uh, you know, Rodriguez. I mean, we have quite a few guys, hopefully, that can step up. But I have no regrets. I mean, none. It's just, uh, 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 you know, this is just another test of in in my life. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the Lord always puts me in situations where, or, you know, that are tough situations. You know, I've, I've never had a, like, you know, just the easy, uh, roadmap situation. So I, I'm gonna call up on my past, my background, and this is another challenge. Cause, uh, you know, you never put into a situation where, you know, most of the time that you can't handle and, uh, you know, I can handle this. Uh, like I said, I've been a former Marine. I was captain on every team that I was, I'm, I'm sorry. If, if the Marines hear this, they won't like this. Uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. And, uh, you know, like, I, and, you know, I've been, I, I've been in quite a few, you know, tough situations, but, you know, I've always come out of them. Uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, this is almost like a, a situation that God sent me here to be in this situation. And, uh, and I told my son, and I asked him, I said, Hey man, he's playing in the university of California, Berkeley. I said, what do you think? And he said, dad, you got to go for it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he says, dad, you're going to be a winner either way. You know, either you go to Houston and win, or if you don't get the job, then you come home and watch me play. And, uh, uh, and he, and he, and I, and he told me, he said, well, dad, you know, you could have been in the, in the, in the military and been deployed. And I wouldn't see you for a year, barely talk to you. And every time there was a midnight call, I'd be afraid that there, you know, something happened to you. So this is, I mean, this is really nothing in the overall scale of life. You know, I've lost a couple of friends uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, I've lost a brother uh, a year ago, March. Uh, you know, Gary Pettis's mom. Uh, our third base coach just uh, had a stroke and died two days ago. So when you think about uh, uh, you know, the overall scale of life, this is, I mean, this is really, uh, uh, nothing. And, and, and it's all temporary anyway, because uh, three or four years from now, nobody ever remember who won in, you know, 2010 or 2011 or 12. <laughs> and so, you know, I think sometimes we, we put a little bit too much importance, even though uh, it's supporting us all. And, and it gives a lot of joy and excitement to everybody. Uh, but but in the overall scale of things, when you look at the world and you look at all the problems that we have, I mean, this is really very, very, very uh, minimal and very minute on the overall scale of, 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 of problems in the world. That, that was a perfect way to put it. And that's why you're the perfect yeah. choice to be the manager of the uh, Houston Astros. My condolences to the loss of um, your friends. And um, you mentioned your son, Darren, who's a terrific player at uh, Cal yeah. Berkeley, which is one of the best, uh, not only a, a fine baseball uh, team, but one of the best uh, universities in the country. And uh, I wanted to really thank you, uh, Dusty, uh, for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. You have a game coming up in a half an hour and yep. uh, you haven't complained once. So we're going to let you go and, Thanks again from Tony and well, uh, myself. Just a terrific no job. No problem. As we knew that you would do. Thank you very much, Dusty. Thank you, Dusty. And, hey, and you, you know uh, something? Give, and, and, give Jerry Pettis my best, please. Yeah, I sure will. And if my dad was alive, he would tell me he didn't like complainers. So <laughs> I'm pretending my dad is still alive because, see, he, he did not tolerate complainers or whiners. So you just got to be a man and, uh, and handle every situation that's thrown in front of you. All right? Thanks, Thanks, Dusty. Appreciate that, Dusty. And coming up on Big Time Baseball, we're going to get into our first insider. I will talk about the Red Sox situation, which hasn't become clear yet, uh, the Real Moto negotiations, and uh, much, much more coming up again on Big Time Baseball with Tony Gwynn and myself. Big time baseball, Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman, and it is time for Insiders, big time baseball insider. And John, I think everybody's kind of been sitting around waiting for the shoe to drop in terms of this Boston Red Sox, Alex Cora investigation. What are you hearing? 
Yeah, they may be waiting a little while longer. It could be proven wrong as we're taping this, but it seems like MLB's focus right now is on the coronavirus, and this may delay the Boston result for a little while. My understanding is that the report was in a couple weeks ago, uh, but then there was a long discussion about what the results should be, what the punishments uh, should be, and there's been some follow-up to that and some more uh, questioning as they went along with it. And right now, I think the focus is on the coronavirus. So I uh, wouldn't be shocked uh, if it took a while longer. My hearing now is suggesting to me that it just needs to be done uh, before opening day. They want this resolved clearly. And, uh, you know, uh, baseball has been good about getting things done in a timely manner. And uh, that is really a deadline and that they will stick to that deadline. So early on, we were hearing end of February, late March, but uh, I'm not sure that it's coming in the next day or two. And I think that the result will be uh, far less than we saw with Houston. My understanding is that uh, there isn't uh, nearly as much stuff uh, detected, un- uncovered on the Red Sox situation. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, the punishments will be much less. Uh, as one person put it to me, uh, the headline will be more about uh, Cora, the manager, than the team. That doesn't mean to say that he's going to get an enormous penalty, as some people had suggested earlier. We don't know what that penalty will be. Now, he was in Houston, but again, he wasn't in charge in Houston. He was a coach in Houston, and here he went to Boston, and they have found some things to discuss about this. So we know that Alex Cora will be penalized. He's already been uh, fired, but uh, he is well-liked around the league, and again, he wasn't in charge in in Houston, so uh, it may not be as stiff a penalty as people had predicted, but he certainly will be uh, penalized. So we do expect him uh, to be the headline of this story. It's interesting to me that they are having discussions about how harsh the penalty should be. Uh, Do you think the fact that they haven't uncovered as much is complicating uh, their efforts in trying to figure out what the punishment should be? Yeah, I think I, I've heard that the situation is complicated, uh, nuanced. Uh, there's different things they're thinking about. Obviously, uh, the result of the first one, they gave out what many of us thought were pretty stiff penalties, right. and nobody really commented that they weren't at the time. But then the player reaction uh, from the other teams was so harsh that uh, – uh, People started to pile on and say, well, you should have taken away the Astros trophy and vacated their title and so-and-so should have gotten more penalties and this and that. Uh, you know, I think his hands were tied in terms of the players. They would never have gotten past the grievance anyway. Uh, I did think they were pretty stiff penalties. I'm not going to change my mind on that. But the reaction certainly uh, could have affected uh, the timing of this. They want to make sure that they satisfy all parties here. Uh, one thing I would like to note before we move on to another subject is that uh, the Red Sox do love Cora, and they took care of him, from my understanding. He had been already been given a one-year extension, and my understanding, he's got a raise from about a million dollars to two point seven million, and they will pay pay him. Uh, there, there was not a, a, a buyout. It was when he came and and said that he's going to step aside and did the right thing, and uh, they were re- rewarding him. So uh, good for the Red Sox for doing the right thing there. But uh, yeah. we may not hear about this for a few days or weeks. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, he ultimately did win them a World Series. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about free agency. I think a lot of people forget that because we're almost a month into spring training that there are still some free agents. And one in particular uh, is a really good player, in my opinion. That's Yasiel Puig. What is the market saying about him right now? Any teams interested? Yeah, Yasiel Puig has been an interesting case. He's the one very good player, I'm glad you mentioned that, in his prime uh, that is still available. My understanding, he's had a couple, at least one major league offer, and we believe that is from the Marlins, and he did not take it at the time. They have moved on. They signed uh, Dickerson uh, after that and uh, don't appear to be in the mix now. But I, from what I hear, there are teams in the mix, there, including the Giants and some other teams uh, that are looking at him and uh, – it appears he should sign sometime uh, during spring training. Um, you know, it's uh, very interesting, I think, to note that two of the teams who've shown interest are teams with executives or decision makers who know him well. I think it's, right. his reputation has gone beyond what the actual a- actuality is. Uh, Don Mattingly had him in L.A., is the manager of the Marlins, 
They're the team we presume did make an offer, at least one of the teams that made an offer to this point. And Farhan Zaidi was the general manager in L.A., and they are a team that has shown some interest. We're not guaranteeing that they're going to be the ones to sign Yasiel Puig, uh, but uh, those are two people who know him very well and have been willing to consider him. And uh, it appears, appears that his reputation uh, really has hurt him because, as you said, a very talented player, and uh, my belief is that he will sign sometime this month. Yeah, Yasiel is a very interesting case. I played with him in Los Angeles, and he's come a long way from where he was uh, when he first joined the Dodger organization to where he was even last year. Uh, he's matured a lot. I know he's rubbed people the wrong way, but there's a very good player sitting out there that is to be had, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see who actually gets him. John, you know, the other thing that usually happens around this time of year is contract extensions. Uh, some guys who are, are pending free agents looking for an extension – uh, and that doesn't just uh, behold to the players. That's also GMs and coaches. Let's start with Rio Muto out in Philadelphia. He's expecting some big cheese. Absolutely, Tony. Uh, JT Rio Muto uh, considered, and I would agree, the best catcher in the game is talking yeah. with the Phillies right now. Uh, he's one year away from free agency, had an excellent year last year, so he's in the driver's seat in terms of the negotiation. My understanding is he's looking for more than Buster Posey money. Same agency did that deal, $161 million. Of course, Posey, bigger star at the time, that's fair to say, but he had four years of ARB in there, so it's reasonable to think that uh, – He's going to be looking at more than $161 million, and that is what I've heard. That was the figure he was looking at, I think, in the Marlins discussions earlier. Marlins were thinking about McCann, Martin, different catchers. They weren't close. But uh, the Phillies are a, a team with big revenue, unlike the Marlins. They have a motivated owner, and they gave up a lot to get him. So uh, there's no evidence anything's close, but I think they're going to work hard on this, and I, I think there's a decent chance – that they could have a deal. Of course, he's a year away from free agency. Not a huge gamble for him if he doesn't do it. Names I've heard beyond the fact that uh, he wants more than Buster Posey, uh, the, the agency is bringing up names like Goldschmidt, Rendon, and Arenado. Now, Goldschmidt got $26 million a year, obviously plays first base. He's a little bit older than Real Mudo. So I think that's the, probably the baseline that they're looking at. Rendon and Arenado were both well over $30 million a year. I mean, that's probably going to be tough for the Phillies to do that. But as I said, they're a well-heeled organization. Uh, I think they have a, a decent shot at that, even though he's only got a year to go. Very, very interesting comp there with Anthony Rendon. But, hey, if the agency could get it done, <laughs> I, I'm sure Real Muto won't turn it down. Let's talk a little bit about Javier Baez, who is another guy who is a, a super exciting player to watch and a big key to what the Cubs are doing. Yeah, they, they're in talks. They, they've been talking. Uh, there's no evidence, again, that that one is close. My understanding from what I've heard is that uh, they've set an opening day deadline in that situation. Um, uh, they aren't talking publicly. I tried to check in with Theo Epstein. Uh, he wouldn't comment on the situation. But uh, So they only have a, a while to go to try to get this done. Uh, I do think the Cubs are going to be motivated. Uh, they have tried with Chris Bryant in the past offering $200 million plus, and he didn't respond at the time. Brian is saying great things about Chicago and the Cubs now, so yeah, maybe they can yeah, try. Is. Yeah, maybe they can try again with him, but, you know, they don't have – it's not like the White Sox where they got 10 or 15 young guys that they can think about giving the money to. Baez is kind of the guy, really, who has made it clear he wants to stay. So, uh, you know, I think there's, a, there's hope there for a deal as well. Now let's move to the Nationals. World World Series champ coming off winning a World Series. Uh, still no no talk at least, or uh, at least there hasn't been any discussions as I know of of Mike Rizzo getting an extension to GM and and Davey Martinez. And we know that the Nationals are pretty known for playing hardball with their GMs and managers. Absolutely right on all fronts there. Uh, there have been no talks uh, with Davey Martinez or Mike Rizzo. Davey Martinez a little more understandable as he's got a year right. plus the option uh, at $1.2 million, although it would be easy to pick up the option, I would think. Uh, that probably wouldn't satisfy him. Uh, he won the World Series. He'd certainly like another year added, as we had, have mentioned. Um, Alex Cora got uh, $2.7 million added, so he got nearly three times his salary on the extra year. So uh, certainly, uh, Davey looking at potential uh, big-time uh, third year there if they get around to it. 
as I said, they haven't yet. The Mike Rizzo one, that one's been curious. They, as you said, they've played hardball. They've been tough. We had uh, Dusty on. He's been through it. Uh, they yeah. fired him after two fantastic seasons there managing the Nationals. So, uh, you know, uh, there's no guarantees that uh, Mike Rizzo, he won the World Series. Uh, he's like a pitching savant. Uh, Strasburg, fantastic. Annabel, fantastic. Corbin, fantastic. I mean, he's basically hit on every major pitching decision. And uh, free agents, Kendrick, uh, did an gr- incredible job with them at the key home run in the World Series. Uh, but he has not heard a word, from what I understand, uh, to this point. Last time, uh, he was given a two-year deal, not a long deal, a $4 million a year, so we're not taking up a collection for him, but two-year deal uh, right on opening day he signed it. So they could have a repeat of that. But, I mean, this is the guy we're talking about who's not only the GM, he's the president of the team. So they're saving yeah, money. Yeah. It's Stan Kasten left, and they haven't replaced him. Most of the other organizations have a business president and a president of baseball operations. Well, Mike Rizzo is both. Uh, my understanding is the players are starting to be a little not thrilled, particularly with the Davies situation. He's beloved in that clubhouse. But uh, you're right, the, the Nats owners, while well, they have spent for the players and done what they can to win, they are tough when it comes to the manager and the GM. So uh, we'll see if there's a resolution. Uh, and you would think there would be off a of World Series, but I'm not guaranteeing anything in this case. Uh, for some reason, they haven't uh, really thrown their own arms open toward Mike Rizzo at, to this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think back to even when Bud Black, it seemed like, had come to an agreement with them, then that kind of fell apart. They have always been real tough uh, on their managers. And listen, I'm a huge fan of Mike Rizzo. I think he is one of the, the last remaining, I guess you quote-unquote, old-school type of, of, of GMs, it seems like, remaining in, in today's game. Let's there's a few more free agents out there that we need to get to that are, are, are names you would recognize. Uh, Matt Harvey, Aaron Sanchez. John, what do you got on those two guys? Yeah, from what I heard, Matt Harvey did have a tryout, and this has gone back several weeks with the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, I think they seriously considered uh, signing him uh, for the bullpen, but ultimately decided not to. They're a young team, and so they're going in a young direction, I thought. Uh, from what I heard, that he did well, but uh, they did not sign him. So Matt Harvey still out there, and Aaron Sanchez. I think he's just waiting till he's 100% healthy to show that to teams uh, to get a deal uh, commensurate with his talent. So uh, that may be a little while, but he ultimately will be back in baseball with the deal. Once again, we want to thank Dusty Baker for joining us today. Terrific conversation. Wish him the best of luck. Thanks for listening to Big Time Baseball Podcast presented by Radio.com Sports. Make sure you subscribe to the show on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. For John Heyman and Tony Gwynn Jr., we'll talk to you next week. Big Time Baseball. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.